Hello. What's going on, y'all? Hey, hey. this is uh, Matt Calb from Louis Weekend. And Paul Courier from The Softeners. Hey, and this is DJ Plover, and you're listening to WKNC 88.1 FM Raleigh. Uh, we are a student-run nonprofit radio station based out of North Carolina State University. And this is Off the Record, and here with me today are a couple people who just introduced yourself, but they also make music and have projects um, that have names. So what are those What are those names? So I'm in a band called Lou Weekend. It's come up. Le Weekend. Le Weekend, like the mm-hmm. French word for weekend. Yeah. I was just adjusting mine. <laughs> and uh, what's your band? And I'm in The Softeners. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so um, you mentioned uh, who you are. So uh, where, are y'all, where are y'all from? What, what's kind of the area we're working with here? So uh, the weekend's based out of Chapel Hill, um, although one of our members is in Durham. Uh, and we've actually been together since uh, 2006. So we're, we're a promising new band forever. We always seem like we're maybe one day going right to go a little yeah. further. But uh, in fact, we won't. That's the spirit. You must be comfortable there. It's a yeah. comfortable place to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are from Raleigh and rehearse in a, in a just a space where people put their stuff usually mm. over on Capitol Boulevard. A um, couple of the guys uh, are from Durham. And Apex, but I like to say Raleigh. Yeah, it all kind of mingles together. Um, so uh, how did you all kind of get into both of those bands? Uh, very different time time frames of, of, of band length, but uh, I'm sure there's some good origin stories there. Yeah, so um, there's actually a, a connection in our origin story and your band's origin story in that um, when when we got together in, five, in uh, sorry, 2006, um, two of our members who are no longer, I say no longer with us, I just mean they're no longer in the band. But uh, Ben Ridings and Missy Things were from the band uh, Piedmont Charisma before that, and Chad from The Softeners is is from that band, which was a really great band out of Asheville mm-hmm. um, in the early aughts. Um, the other members, uh, Bob Wall is the bass player, and he does harmony vocals. Uh, Robert Biggers is the drummer. The, they're the rhythm section for D-Town Brass, so I always think we ought to do a show with D-Town Brass where 20 people get off, th- or I'm on stage, and then I get off, and 20 people replace me, and they just stay where they are. Um, is that how many people's in that in that group? I, I'm maybe slightly exaggerating. It also varies a little bit, but sure. it's a it's a, it's a a big brass and big rhythm section, <laughs> bunch of percussionists. Uh, I think there's at least 15 people in that band. Um, and... Honestly, the weekend came out of a little bit out of my frustration of um, not being able to get into graduate school for music. Um, I'm a person who is like sort of formally pursued music at different times in my life, never been able to really complete it, kind of because until I got to college, I'd never read music. And there's, I can look at a page and discern it, but I can't internalize it or hear it and stuff. So um, there's a lot of like, it's it's definitely rock, but there's a lot of like, time signature, uh, variation and, you know, multi-parts and, and a lot of, uh, different song structures, but I still try to make it something where you could enjoy it if you knew some of the theoretical things, Mm -hmm. but, but hopefully you wouldn't have to (laughs) for it to be enjoyable or or else that's a, that's kind of a failure. That's that, that'll cut out a very big market. Of course, Mm -hmm. we seem to have cut out a pretty big market. So maybe that's, maybe that's the answer. Uh, let's see, Chad Pry. Um, and Brendan Bass started a band called Secretary Pool in about five years ago. And they got together 
through Craigslist. I don't know exactly how they did. Um, Are they, where was one of them buying the other one? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it was in uh, bartering, free, free sure, sure. to uh, anyone that comes by. Um, and I guess had a, several people in the lineup, and Brendan and Chad stuck around, and um, they wanted to change the name. And not, I don't know about the style. I think we kind of kept the same style. Um, I wanted to keep the name Secretary Pool because I really like it. It's sort yeah. of vague and uh, presents some mental images that could be different for different people. And so we started the softeners and uh, Pierre Lefebvre is the bass player. I think I pronounced that right. And um, I, I came into the band with an, an, an offshoot of, of the softeners. Brendan uh, was in a band called The Holler and Shout. And that's how I came to be. And, and he said, hey, you want to come over and play the drums with, with us? And I was like, absolutely. It's in this same uh, rehearsal studio so why not and that's that's how we got to be where we are now if i could just add it's interesting that so you're one of the few cases where people have met through craigslist and nobody disappeared mysteriously that's something to be proud of yeah it's pretty good i guess it worked it seems to be a good way to for musicians in this area to hook up i don't know of any other way word of mouth maybe but um think it seemed it seemed to work for us yeah awesome i think people are getting a facebook marketplace these days as well um so so uh why exactly did y'all end up changing the name to the softeners i don't know exactly why but uh i believe that chad more than brendan wanted to distance himself maybe from any sort of association that sounds kind of shady like there was something wrong with it um but maybe since he was going to be 50 percent new members he just wanted to have a new name um so we put 10 names in the hat and the softeners was the one that came out uh, what, what, what were some other uh, names um hot dads huh. and you two two i think were were the ones i i also put a secretary pool in the mix because i wanted to yeah. but we decided whichever one came out was the one that we were going to choose oh. stick with yeah, that would be kind of fun if Hot Dads was the one that sort of sprung out from the, the hat. Well, what, would you all have committed to it? Would we have committed to which one? Hot Dads. I definitely would have committed to Hot Dads, and I'm far from being a hot dad, even though I am a dad. For for, for everyone not in the studio, uh, he's lying. Um, but <laughs> so it, it's interesting. Y'all have been throwing a lot of bands' names. It's kind of like a is there kind of like a, a nice little circle of like bands who kind of collaborate because y'all have had a sort of a similar origin stories. A lot of little oh this band kind of became this band. Uh, how does that kind of work? Yeah. So here I'll let you go first. Oh, that's a, that's all right. I think that happens a lot. I mean, uh, you know, for example, we needed a, another band to play this show that we're going to play um, next month, mm-hmm. and Chad reached out to to Matt, and so there's definitely. I call it word of mouth, but maybe just yeah. previously knowing each other. Um, at the place where we rehearse, there are like eight other bands, mm-hmm. and I'll sometimes walk around and, and listen to them. They're usually a little bit not shy, but not necessarily, hey, come on in. You sure. know? Um, but I always support other bands and want to to you know help anybody out or because it's always going to come back around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to admit, I'm kind of riding on – um, extended luck because I'm I'm not really great about going out and and meeting new people and finding new people. The the f- when I first moved to Chapel Hill, the band that I was in, I moved here with a person who I'd been playing bass or he'd played bass, and I was a guitarist in a band in college. And we just called somebody we knew, 
And somebody else answered the phone and just started talking to me. And he was like, I'm going to be your drummer. I was like, okay. And so, and his, and we played with him for a couple years in a band called V Siren. But he, in the house that he lived in was uh, Robert Biggers, who I've played in, uh, played in a band called Ottoman Park with Robert. I've Mm -hmm. played in, um, obviously I've said Robert's in the weekend um, now. And I met. I think I oh you know what we were talking about ways to find people alt music Chapel Hill was how I found my second band uh, the the news group that actually still exists but it's mostly just spam now yeah. somebody occasionally goes on to it and posts something is that like every a few website years. or yeah it's like a news group this has <laughs> okay. now become like an educational part of this uh, interview yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot um, right yeah um, but um, and I went on there and just sort of said I wanted to start a band and and uh, Ann Gomez from Campbell Gomez and Jordan reached out to me and was like, let's, you know, I, I can start another band because basically a lot of these people are in like 20 bands at the same time. And, um, Bob wall, um, they were, they were together at that time. And Bob wall was the drummer in that band. And, you know, after the band ended, I was like, I'd heard Bob play bass at one of our practices. And I'm like, this is an amazing bass player. So I asked him if he wanted to play bass and, uh, you know, so I've kind of just kept finding people that way. And, And I think for a lot of Musicians, it's like most of you, you meet a lot of your friends through music and, you know, that can sound kind of sad. Like, oh, it's it's like a different kind of work friend. But honestly, it's like those are the best people to play music yeah. with. People you really, you know, relate to and, you know, would actually enjoy each other's company maybe if there weren't instruments there, but you can do things with instruments. So, first of all, I, 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 what's it like, like being in so many bands at the same time? Also, how do you keep track of like, because it's, it's honestly impressive. You're, you're throwing out names like a dictionary right now. Oh, well, I'm not really in so many bands at the same time. Um, I, I like, and, and at this time, I think Bob, so Bob is in, um, in addition to the weekend, he's in Erie choir. Um, and then he and I are part of a, a uh, 70s soft rock cover group called the Wusses. We're actually playing at the State Fair Ooh. on Sunday, um, which actually, if I were to go through that band, I would probably get exhausted by how many how many bands there are because there's like nine people in there and some of them are in tons. Right. Um, Do you guys wear but, um, outfits? We, we Well, uh, I guess I should tow the company line. I know of this band and I happen to resemble and carry the equipment of, but the people... You know, Matt Kalb is not in the wuss. Is Gordy McDowell Manor, however, looks a lot like me. Oh, okay. And uh, he's in there. I might put his amp up on stage. But, yes, those folks wear uh, what we would deem as costumes but are just them every day because mm-hmm. it's still 1974 or so uh, where, where they are. I get it. I do not know how I veered so wildly from your question, but I guess – I interrupted um, you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I veered myself quite, quite before that. But so – Honestly, I kind of wish like Bob or Robert were here because they are, they are in a lot more bands simultaneously than me. I've usually been able to keep it to two, yeah. and, you know, and yeah, yeah. When I was in the two bands here in Raleigh, I liked it. We weren't juggling a lot of um, gigs, mm-hmm. so it was easy. But I liked how the different styles of music that we played they they, they wouldn't translate between the two. Um, so it it was fun to play diff- two different styles of music. And with at least one of the same people, and also just to see, just to be with different minds and and um, skill sets or talents, I guess you'd call it. It was, it was fun. 
Yeah, uh, what were the uh, multiple styles? Well, I mean, the secretary pool and the softeners. It's hard. The hardest thing to explain is what kind of music you play. I find um, I like you got you got this the '70s thing. That's that's nice. Um, but the holler and shout was sort of like a soul R and B um, thing with keyboards, and um, the softeners is more guitar driven, loud, um, and energetic. Whereas the the holler and shout was more chill relaxed um easier to play on the drums <laughs> so it was a nice break for that i guess yeah and to be clear the 70s soft rock thing is a cover band so that's it's easy to describe because somebody else came up with mm-hmm. it. I, I find the same problem like you want to you want to be evasive when people tell you what kind of uh music you play but you're also it's like you always worry about what bad association people have with stuff or how you're getting how you're pigeonholing yourself i would say the weekend definitely um, I mean, it's definitely rock. I mentioned that there's, you know, there's elements in it that are from, that are more, um, I guess, complex than, than a, a typical rock fair, but it's all very, you know, rooted in kind of like indie rock. We, um, we all liked kind of the Chapel Hill, uh, stuff of the, of the nineties in particular, um, late, you know, mid, late nineties. Um, and, um, then, yeah, it, Basically, uh, trying to do different things with it from the normal confines of like what you might hear from a rock slash pop kind of band. But on the other hand, it's not like, say, like a genre study where we're doing different different styles all the time. We kind of, we sound like ourselves, I, I believe. But uh, Ooh, that's and, you, and you can tell that we started playing in the 90s probably, <laughs> even though, I, which is be it's a sound that kind of comes in and I think is kind of having a resurgence now. We won't ever, we won't have any part of the resurgence, I'm sure, but. Uh, it's happening, you're yeah. there. It's, yeah. yeah <laughs> I like that explanation that you yeah. sound like what we, what we are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and what we did. And, when people <laughs> yeah. ask me what kind of music we play, I, I usually ask, what kind of music do you like? And whatever they say, I'm like, that's the kind that's of exactly music we right. play. <laughs> We're a six-piece rap duo. Exactly. How it works. I, well, I usually think like with our different elements, there's something in there for everybody to not yeah. like. <laughs> you know, That's you're going to like some of this, and then we're going to turn you off. This mm-hmm. other that sentence ended very differently than, <laughs> yeah. I, than I thought it would. But I like that. Um, so I know y'all have both been uh, releasing some music lately. You you dropped in an EP this. Was it April May? Yes. Yes, a five-song EP on Bandcamp, which we're trying to get it released so you can hold it in your hands because that's the way I like it. Yeah. Um, it seems to be streaming is the most popular accessible way. And then currently we're doing a two song, I guess a, a single would they call it back in the day. Um, that's going to be out hopefully before the end of the year. We're not very speedy at production, but, um, slow and steady wins the race. (laughs) That's right. Well, we're going to win the race then. (laughs) Nice and, and and you dropped something. Uh, let's see. Bandcamp described it as live-ish. Um, yeah. So okay. so our current um, current thing we're working on. Since I mentioned that we've been together as a band for uh, it's you know it'll be well it's been sixteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very end of our fifteenth year, we said you know we should put out a compilation. And the easy thing to do with a compilation is just take all these studio recordings and. Put them together, but you know we had not been playing together because of COVID. And we're like, we're going to start right. practicing. We should learn our old stuff again, mm-hmm. and we should just you know stick a phone in the room somewhere that you can hear every instrument, and that's about the standard. Yeah. Um. So it sounds like somebody bootlegging a show, and um. You know we we did do like the vocals 
got done in a separate mm-hmm. um, session, but they were kind of done the same way. We we had, uh, I think I, I sang into a PA and I had my phone pick it up, you know, so it was still recorded to phone and we just layered these voice memos. And, um, and that was a really fun way for us to both relearn it, but I also think it's more interesting to hear like, here's 15 years of a band, yeah. but not you know, 15 years not ago. exactly what they put out 15 years ago. Um, and of course, true to form, it's almost the end of our 16th year and we still haven't um, gotten it to somebody yeah. to mix it or, or, you know, which I know it sounds like there's not a lot to mix. There isn't really, but we want to have somebody just uh, our friend, Nick Peterson, who we've worked with, um, you know, give it a little touch. So it's, mm-hmm. it's as good as it can be given the circumstances. Right. Um, if I could though, um, uh, just sort of borrowing on pandemic time, mm-hmm. We have an album that I f- still feels new to me because we had planned to have the release show in May of 2020. Not so deal, we yeah. maybe didn't time it well. Um, but um, that one is, is I'm really proud of that. It's, um, and it's not represented on the, um, on the live stuff because what we did was intentionally, I said 15 years, but we actually just took only our first decade in that one. So this one, it's called Three Good Songs. And the basic idea behind it was, I was like, I write all these songs that have different forms. Why don't we try where everything has to be a verse, a chorus, a bridge, very discernible. And I just was having trouble finishing any songs. And then I just came up with a a game, basically. I play a lot of games when I'm writing. Um, And this was, I just had the nine best chord progressions. I put them down on a three by three grid. And then the first song is, this is the verse that I can't, I'm doing the pointing thing on the radio that doesn't work. <laughs> but if you go horizontally, A, B, C, that's the verse, the chorus, and the bridge of the first song. But after you've gone through three, you start going up. So now D, see, I can't even picture what the letters are going to be. G, D, A, originally all the verses, now that's the verse, chorus, and bridge of the fourth song and so forth. And, and, um, and I didn't do it somewhere where it's like you just, you know, each one of them is kind of rewritten for the song it's in, but it was also kind of like, well, you just arbitrarily force yourself to make some decisions because sometimes it's hard to, hard to finish. Yeah. And and And, put it out the door. And and honestly, I think it like turned out really well. Mm -hmm. I was, I was really pleased. I mean, it's a large part of that is even though I'm describing a writing process that starts with me, our songs are always collaboratively written. Bob and, and Robert really bring lots of arrangement ideas. Hey, let's do this part last. Let's, I, I mean, they just bring so much to it that it's not, it's not a real song, even if I can like describe the, the bones of it like that until we kind of all go through it. And, and I thought we just, we did a great job and I really, really regretted. Not that that is by far the most, you know, from the worst thing that happened uh, during that period of time, but it was just kind of an annoyance that, oh. That's not going to, that's going to be looked over. And just How many songs happen. are on, on that? So, um, so there's. Not three, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, no, I mean, the, yeah, the three good songs is kind of a, kind of a wink there, right? But, um, uh, cause there was only enough material. The first three songs contain all the progressions, but actually I'm trying to remember there was a, um, there were 11 tracks because in addition to writing nine songs using that method, we had this thing where, I yeah, see, I can't do math. There were. 12 tracks because we had three other pieces that occurred every time we hit a prime number. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and they were not based on that idea, but they're based on, um, they were similar to each other. So, you know, right, right with some ostensibly goofy, but sometimes they can have interesting results kind of ideas. Yeah, it's I, like explaining a magic trick. I love it's, it. It's, it's, uh, I, I do you make all your albums like this. Do you like, Oh, this one, I'm going to go backwards and I'm going to reverse it. You know what I mean? Um, no, um, there have been, there that has been there at times so like our 
I wouldn't say there's any kind of overriding uh, writing theme in our first EP, but our second, our first full-length album was called uh, Double Secret, and it was right after two of our members left amicably. But yeah. but we were, how do we become a three-piece after being a five-piece? Something where I've really never, never before have is it a band that I've been in, not just broken up when somebody left, but we were like, this really feels special. We should continue. Yeah. And the members who left said that too. They're like, we think you guys should keep going. Um, but at the time, I was like, you know what's really interesting is now we're kind of relearning all this stuff and we're also working on new material. And we keep coming to these points where it's like there's choices and both are good. And I was like, let's write this thing twice. Whoa, okay. So so we – not every song felt – it was like basically there was an, a first song that was like a bunch of parts and, and, and nothing in that really repeated later. And there was a final song. And everything else in there, it was like the first side – was all these ideas, these songs. The second side, in a different order, was a, a recurrence of them. And actually, we kind of mix it up where sometimes the way we wrote it first would be on the second side. And we That's tried to make right. it not where like you could predict what the the next version yeah. was going to be. We didn't we didn't change them. Uh, I'm sorry, we didn't change them all the same way, like record them all acoustic and electric or something. Um, but that ended up, you know, being really interesting, and, and I think honestly that that caught a little bit of attention because um, that was that was a year like uh, Grayson Curran. It was at the indie. He he had a had someone do a, a pretty good like uh, a review of it with like somebody came and took a weird photo of me at my house and stuff, and and we talked about it at length, and then we played Hopscotch the following September, and um, so maybe we should do more, uh, you know, sort of gimmicky things because that was probably the most attention we ever got for anything. But uh, the short answer is no. They're not always like that. Okay. But we do have like sort of times where that's that's what's happening. And they're usually to solve writer's block, I think, honestly. Ideal plan on playing Hopscotch again. That that sounds really cool. It'd be nice to be asked to play. And we, we have played <laughs> the day parties um, a few times, the potluck one. But uh, we would play Hopscotch if, if asked, but we've not been on uh, – on that list in, uh, I guess it's over 10 years now. Yeah. People don't seem to knock on the door to say, Hey, would you guys come and play? You yeah. Know? It's more like, it's a lot of searching and, and hunting and making shows happen like this one that we're going to play. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you talk more about that? What, what show are y'all doing together? We're playing at the Night Rider, uh, on November the 5th, November the 5th, Saturday, November Saturday 5th. night. And, um, like I said, Chad, uh, Mentioned that he had a friend, uh, Le Weekend, but also, I guess, a human being who's sitting next to me. And, um, you know, I, I was like, we can just do the show ourselves. And he said we would be, it would be more fun if we did it with someone else. And Absolutely. I like that. I like that idea. Um, but now I totally forgot the question. I well, think by yeah, plugging in on? when it's happening and, oh, uh, yeah, and yes, that it's, stuff, I think you've already kind of I hit some it, of yes. the major points. Yeah, And hopefully, <laughs> you know, we can do yeah. – we can network from there, yeah. find find some other places to play together, other people to play with, and um, but that's how that show came together, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. For sure, yeah. Um, so, uh, the Night Rider is, of course, a, a cowboy theme bar. Do you all plan to incorporate that into any of your uh, <laughs> any of your? Uh, I might, I might do a couple yeehaws. Excellent. Yeah, plan. 
Maybe now that you say it, but uh, uh, okay. I can't say there was any plan. I before, didn't know that we played, and I'm not committing to any plan after. But uh, I've played there know. before, and I did not notice that theme. I I really like the bar, mm-hmm. yeah. but I didn't notice the cowboy thing. I guess I, I wasn't I've paying heard, much I've attention. Um, I I've, I'm under 21, so I I'm definitely right. not coming there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Certainly the uh, the like the online decor of um, does mm-hmm. certainly indicate that. While I would say, um, I would say not, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I would say it's, um, it's not required to be a cowboy. (laughs) Not only not required, but I imagine there is uh, a level of irony. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Or a cowgirl, you know, there's there's cowboys, cowgirls. Cow, cow person. Cow people. Yeah. Um, uh, what other shows do y'all tend to play? I was a pandemic aside, just like, well, what's like a standard show for y'all? Do you mean... Like what? What would it look like? Yeah, how yeah, long yeah. is? Uh, uh, like, where do you play it? Like, what oh gosh, like? we played uh, at the cave, um, at Cat's Cradle, and the Poorhouse, Pinhook, and a typical show. It looks like you just haul all your stuff there. Um, usually, they have a back end, which is a PA and and sometimes amps, but uh, some guitar players are kind of picky about their sound and want to bring their amps. Um, you haul all your stuff in there and you check the sound to make sure it works and hope some people show up and then you just do it. Yeah. Um, and I'd say for our, our list, it'd be pretty, pretty similar. We've also, and, and you probably weren't trying to be fully comprehensive, but like, no, trying to think, no. yeah, it's always hard to think. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what bands do you like? Suddenly you've like, Oh, mm-hmm. I like 6,000, but I can't think of two. Um, Slims is a place that I've I haven't played there in a while, but very much enjoyed that. The Secretary Pool um, and the Weekend Show, which was you know many years ago, was at Neptune's, which I I don't know what the future is of yeah, Kings, of and yeah. you know I understand Kings may do something, and they did something they, during they Hopscotch. Party, yeah. yeah, so well, I do hope those folks continue because they they it is great to play there. Um, to that point, uh, you made me think that we played the Berkeley Cafe. As well, which is I I think the 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 future for them is uncertain too. I've heard that they are going to stop being in existence, and uh, which is a shame because they have been there. I played there actually in college in 1988. So um, yeah, I don't know the future of that, but it it is it is hard to see these places that you've played or gone to. Um, go out of business for lack of a better word so everybody yeah. get out and go to all these awesome yeah. places that are around there's there's so many to choose from um and it's so great to be back in live music um and just you know with people in the world too but, yeah but the, the live music i was i was just bumming out during the the pandemic watching youtube uh, videos of concerts and yeah. and pretending i was there um right well and and um Along the lines of what you're talking about in Chapel Hill, um, temporarily closed, and really hope that that is just, you know, where it stays temporarily, meaning they reopen. I mean, I think they will because they're working on some renovation, but the nightlight in Chapel Hill, that's a very special place to me. And, um, you know, it's been a long time since Lucan played there as well. Of course, you know, we've never been very great about going out and booking shows. So it's like, even though we've been together, you know, for 16 years, it's not like there's thousands of shows under mm-hmm. our belts anyway. But that was just, uh, that was always a fun place to play. And they are doing some shows, the same people, um, like Charlie here and, and so forth, are putting on uh, shows out um, 
and the or at the All Day Records parking lot in Carborough, and those are fun. Actually, saw D Town Brass uh, there not maybe a few weeks ago. It was, yeah, it was really I, great. I've been able to make it over there. So, so those have been have those been a success then? Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course, with that kind of thing, it's like basically you've got a limited time of the year when it's yeah, feasible to do. <laughs> starting to slip so away now, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Let's hope not. But they're, they are, yeah, those are good shows. Yeah, so so you heard about Nightlight like doing renovations, excuse me. Has that been like a, a thing that's been like kind of floating around? Yeah, yeah, they um, they announced it. Like they closed at the end of... Uh, July? I want to say the end of July. Yeah, yeah and there's there is some stuff... Um, and I'm not I'm not a person who's like one I I may have had some conversation with Charlie that you know may may or may not be things he'd want me to talk about I don't know but but I know that they are definitely uh, working to make that work it's okay. not and they've been pretty pretty public about that you heard like it here hey, first. we've been we've been having <laughs> problems news, they've yeah. been public about that too but they've you know rumors of of closing they're like yeah. no that's not you know that's not what's happening here they're very public about the having to like have porta potties in in the parking lot beside it <laughs> and then the yeah yeah, and that, that back yeah, yeah exactly. so let's see uh I, I i noticed i was going through your band camp earlier y'all have all names you, you have kind of an aesthetic going for for your band uh, we do yeah that. gosh i should know all those names i don't um <laughs> I, actually i didn't know that i am stung which was the past tense of sting uh, I thought that that was kind of <laughs> suitable for whatever reason. Um, Mousy Brown, I believe, is in there. Okay. This sort of follows on your thing with the the band you're talking about. Um, I believe I don't want to. Well, Chad is the security guard number three, perhaps, and Pierre or Brendan. Shucks, I don't I don't know. But, um, it but, says here Pierre is Mousy Brown and okay. Brendan is Tommy Sandwich. That's it, Tommy she, Sandwich. I, I mean, it almost sounds like you guys are allowed to call call each other by your real names on stage. I mean. <laughs> You got to commit to this. <laughs> well, I these mean, are I, ridiculous names that you have to. I need to work on memorize that because I did yeah. not know them. Um, uh, but that was a, an idea. He had another idea. If you read the bio, because um, you know band bios are just sort of like what kind of music yes. do you play? They're they're very uh, boring. So uh, his when he wrote it, I was I thought it was hilarious. It takes you on an adventure with all those characters. Uh, but I think maybe I will embrace Stung a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Great. Um, so, yeah, y'all mentioned places where you uh, you go to play. Uh, where, where do y'all, like, go to just, like, experience live music or will plan to go after coming back after all these years? The list is the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not frequently going to go to, um, you know, some of the bigger – an arena show or something it's it's yeah. just not no, nothing against that but mm-hmm. i mean the bands that i like are going to play the same they're going to play the bigger versions and the more filled out um audiences t- uh, frequently than than we have that's a low bar for um for the weekend um but but um it's still going to be in the same kind of universe in the same um and I've always kind of enjoyed that—that that there's a lot of great music. Yeah, you don't even have to in know. Small rooms. You don't even have to know who's playing in some places. Sometimes, yeah. like uh, Slims used to be my my hangout. I love that you're at the same level as the band. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to at least see two, maybe three bands um, when you're there. Um, but yes, that's a good answer. That it's, the list would be the same. I think I, I can't think of anything that I haven't mentioned yeah. that that hasn't been mentioned that we wouldn't had that I've been to. Um, so yeah, uh, you mentioned you kind of like uh, rehearse with uh, a number of bands. Uh, is it like everyone at the same time? It's like like every corner of the room. That uh, what's that kind of environment like? No, it's um, it's actually just in like a, a storage 
sure. facility. Yeah. So there's rows of them um, and different places in the in the in the area are where their bands are. We are in just a, a room by ourselves. Okay. Um, we actually do share it with uh, the Dapper Conspiracy, but we don't do it on the same nights. We sort of have okay. various nights when we can play, and that helps to cut down the rent. Um, but I always like it when when I show up for for rehearsal. There's noise wafting around with mm-hmm. there's like a mariachi band over here and then, and then there's someone that's trying to sing and doing it you know as best that they can and and it's just great but yeah it's it's a nice neighborhood environment but it's not like you also can't loiter so you have to be sort of just always walking like okay. so you're not loitering i think if you're moving you're not loitering gotcha yeah, we, we're also in a storage space that, um, as far as I know, the only other band that practices their Erie Choir, Eric Rorg of Erie Choir is the one who's got the space in his name. And uh, now that you mention it, it's like there's, I, I realize you're talking about like, are you talking about a storage facility or are you talking about a place that's mainly kind of, I guess it's storage, a storage facility, facility that still for say sure. they're, they're There's a guy doing bands, some so welding over here yeah, yeah. and uh, awesome. there's junk everywhere. Um, but our room... Sorry to interrupt you, but our room is really, it's nice. I mean, we've got carpets and sort of made it our own. So it doesn't feel like what people might picture, which is a storage space space with concrete and metal walls. Yeah, yeah. I was I was getting at more the realizing that at the place that we're practicing, um, there's not really, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of other bands out there. But I, I recall like almost every other time I've done this. So like there was a long period of time of the weekend practice at my house. And obviously mm-hmm. there weren't other people at my house doing that kind of stuff. But but in all the bands I'd been in before and all the times storage units before, it's been like what you described. And I don't know if maybe we're in the one where it's like it's haunted or something. Although yeah. if it's haunted, we'd hear noises. I don't know. We're just in the one that's not cool to be in, I guess. That there's no other bands out there anymore. Well, there are there are a bunch over on Capitol. I feel Boulevard. like there was a drummer though, just like a drummer oh by himself practicing all there's the time. There's one that's by the, himself. Maybe, yeah. There's one that plays next to us sometime, and it's the speediest metalist drums nice. that I've ever heard. And I mean, I play the drums, and I'm quite impressed. Sometimes I'll try to play along, yeah. but we cannot. It's just loud <laughs> so we try not to do any recordings on those nights yeah. but it's it's always funny that uh this person i've never seen him but energy for days uh, so what was like some of the like the, the earlier bands you got into like some, some like first like kind of i guess like steps into this like world oh gosh i've i've been listening to music forever uh columbia record club i was a member where you stick a penny on the piece of paper and get 12 cassettes um so I started out with ACDC, Rush, um, Black Sabbath, um, all the classics, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, there are so many bands. You can go down a wormhole. Um, it's a lot of fun to do. But uh, The Wedding Present has always been my favorite band. That's what I answer, I suppose, when people ask me. Uh, the Melvins, um, The Bad Plus. The Melvins played here pretty recently. Is that, is that true? Yes, yeah. they did at the poorhouse, I think. Mm-hmm. They did, yeah. yeah. I wrote them a, a letter, well, an email. Nobody writes letters anymore asking if we could open up for them, but I did not hear back. Oh. That's a short list. I, I could go on for days, but, um, but uh, not a lot of contemporary bands that I know of. It's unfortunately a lot of, I'll just hear it in the peripheral and, and yeah. be like, gosh, that's why I like the WKNC that you can go back and see the playlist. Oh, it's sure. very, very helpful really uh, because... There's just too many to keep track of. How about you, Matt? Yeah, so similarly, like, uh, 
when I uh, first started like really paying attention to music, it was like elementary school, and this would be in the 80s. And um, I didn't really have access to it except for basically what came through the radio. And I'd often listen like with a cassette ready to dub anything from like the top 40 or top 100 show that I found interesting. And I would record maybe one thing, a, a show or something. But I found like what I was always into was whatever the heaviest version of what was still poppy enough to be on the radio. Okay. So it's like yeah. I ended up recording Def Leppard or Motley Crue. And um, a little while later, I, I had a very brief, um, not, not illustrious uh, stint in a Catholic junior high school. And they, they just kind of handed me the thrash metal tape that they issued, oh, the kids did, to, that they issued to everybody. And I got into like, um, I got into thrash, like Metallica, Slayer, those kind of things. And I wouldn't say that's really something I connect with on that level anymore at all, really. But I, I, I'll hear it occasionally and be like, oh, yeah, I did, you know. But it probably had some influence because, the, the, you know, I'm thinking about those bands. They actually had a lot of, you know, some of them had things of, like, varying tempos and time signature changes. Obviously, it was very different in that I like, I like melodic things that they would, you know, would never appear in that kind of stuff. And then um, I think, like, a lot of people from that era, Nirvana was sort of a gateway between – being really into metal and then being into um, things that had more poppy elements. But, but oddly enough, it's like in college, I discovered the Beatles, which I think <laughs> is just hilarious. You know, it's like, how did I not? But somehow I'd kind of missed a lot of the standard stuff that yeah. everybody was yeah, aware yeah. of because I was so into like the metal stuff. Did you know that they um, were not around anymore? Like, oh, or, or I you mean, like, it wasn't I like I discovered, like, I was like, who is this? But I mean, <laughs> I was like, it was more out. like saying, you know what? I should listen to this. It was more like I yeah. should educate myself on this mm -hmm. stuff. And then I was like, wait, this isn't all the, the like, there's, there's all these weird elements of this that I knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. um, and then because I was living in, or going to college in Kentucky, uh, and there was like kind of a Louisville hardcore scene, I, I got into a lot of those bands, um, Rodan, Crane, um, and then later June of 44, and then there's satellite bands around there. But but honestly, probably the most like influential thing for me was uh, a, a trip in college where we were visiting a friend out here who was at UNC, and we went to a show. We came out to see Sebado, but we went to a show at the Cat's Cradle the night before just to see what was up. And it was the Archers of Luck. And also, we were staying at my cousin's house, who I had checked if we could stay with them. And they're like, well, actually, we're going to be out of town, but have the house to yourself. So it was like me and like four friends who had driven over. And they had, they had like something signed by someone in Super Chunk. And they had, they had like the, the merge, uh, whatever number of rows of teeth, I think it was 10 at that time, or maybe it was only five. Um, one of the merge compilations, and they had, um, Celebrate the New Dark Age by Polvo. And I, I guess uh, maybe the statute of limitations out on this, but we dubbed all that stuff not having listened and listened to it on the nine hour drive back to Kentucky that we did like overnight, Saturday or Sunday into Monday. And I just was like, I can't believe this music. It's just amazing. And it really opened it up for me. So many, many years later, I moved here because of that. Wow. I'm sort of cutting myself off because I, I, I like a lot of current things too. And I like a lot of things in the music scene now, but I guess we're talking formative. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like you were saying, it's like you really, once you've lived a long time and it, especially if you lived a long time and you were interested in music, it, then the list is kind of insanely long. <laughs> infinite, really. And I'm very, very grateful for that long <laughs> yeah. list. Yeah, exactly. it's nice.
Um, uh, did that like uh, 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 for like a first band or something that y'all like put together in college? Uh, uh, were those kind of things influencing it, or is it like more of like a college oh, DIY? Thing? Absolutely influenced uh, my bands in college. I, I've listened back and realized how you know much more influenced I was than I maybe recognized at the time. But we were when we started out. It was uh, me and a friend. Um, his name is David Nam. Um, he's 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 back in Chapel Hill now. Uh, after being away a long time, Audubon Park is his band, um, which I'm in with him. Um, but anyway, uh, we started a band without really having much in common at all, and then we discovered Sebado kind of together, and we liked that. And a lot of our early stuff sounded like that. But then we were discovering other things at the same time, and we discovered the Louisville kind of hardcore, post-hardcore stuff. And suddenly, I need time signature changes and everything, and. You know, he learned that with, with me, a, a, along with our drummer, a uh, friend, Jonathan, who wasn't even a drummer, but he was like, you know, sure, I'll play drums in, in your band. And he was just kind of amazing, all the stuff we, we, how much we changed in a period of time. And then we discovered the um, uh, Chapel Hill stuff and, and Guided by Voices as well around that time was a huge. And so suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, maybe we should think about things like the melody of a song existing and stuff. Right, right. and. Might be pretty important. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was it was very influential, and um, I'm sure all of that is still baked in. I may not always recognize it, but, you know. But. I had a different experience uh, where a friend of mine was in a blues band, and uh, while I knew what blues was, I certainly wasn't versed in it. <laughs> um, so I joined them, and we played uh, Otis Rush covers, Sun Seals, Freddie King, and I hadn't heard of any of the music that we played. But uh, we had a pretty good following, and we kind of we I w- we were up in Boone, but we'd come here to Raleigh and we play Chapel Hill and Greensboro, and uh, I I loved that because I had no idea it was almost like a, a new experience for me. And um, but then after college, I was in a, a a lot of different bands influenced by I can't think of specific bands. Uh, Stiff Little Fingers, I think, inspired a band I was in in Colorado. Um, we were listening to them all the time. A, a guy actually got a stiff little fingers tattoo, so I suppose that it influenced him too. But I liked that uh, in college I was in a blues band without having any clue what the blues were. That was pretty much fun. Um, let's see. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I think we we hit a good uh, a good amount of stuff. Is there anything you want to plug uh, heading forward? I was going to say maybe just a reminder that uh, we're we're playing at the Night Rider in Raleigh. On Saturday, November fifth, uh, softeners end the weekend. Okay. And if you want to come see that show, we will not say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any uh, upcoming music you might drop? I, I, I know you have the the, the fifteen year tape thing. Yeah, our fifteen year thing will probably come out at the end of our sixteenth year this year, or the <laughs> beginning of our seventeenth next year. Um, um, we're the funny thing is, it's it's. There's nothing really much to the process. It's all the time in between when you take a step and then you go, oh, wait, we got to get back to this yeah. thing. So it's like something sitting on my computer that I just have to line up and then I could give it give it to Nick. That's been sitting on my computer for three weeks, which is not that big a deal considering the basic tracks before I started doing vocals, I, they sat on my computer for like eight months. So um, I need to rush on it, <laughs> but I, I think it's unlikely we'll get it just, just because of schedules. Sure the end of the year but hopefully early uh next year and then we we do have quite um there's not ready to release but just we have like uh, a good batch of uh, 10 or so new songs that we're just starting to incorporate into live show we'll probably 
play three or four of them at the next one. We played two of them at our last show at the Pinhook. You've got a pretty vast library. I was checking it out. It's uh, it's fun to to dig through. Thank you. Um, we have uh, the the single flip side A and B side coming out when I don't know when. Um, but you can catch that on Bandcamp uh, or on our Facebook page. Um, and if we ever get it in a f- place you can hold it in your hands, you can come see us, and, and I'll give you one for free. We uh, The Softeners are also playing a show in November at the station, but the date, we were just having a text train conversation today. It got a little bit confused, so I don't know. I think it, I have no idea when it is, but it is in November. I know that much. Well, that's some idea. It is an idea. Yeah, just, just, just come to the station various times in November. <laughs> might, might find them. And, and 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 maybe you could uh you could turn it into like a twenty year thing. You could uh, don't rush it. Just, yeah. just drop some some more. Maybe stuff just add it. some more stuff to yeah. it. And by the way, the working title of that is "Note to Selves," or "Notes to Selves." But I haven't even you know gotten approval from the band for that, so it will be called that, or it will be called something else. Yeah. I imagine and, and you heard true. it here first if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, that, that is what your record will be called. But theweekend.bandcamp.com is your source for things that may or may not be called that. <laughs> very nice. Um, yeah, well, thank you so much for being here. This thank was, you. This was really yeah, fun. it was yeah, very nice. Thank you. Yeah.